You are listening to Behind the Product, a podcast from Lenore about the people and ideas that are shaping the future of retail. Hosted by Anama Akeke and Abiela Doherty, co-founders of Lenore. Hello, welcome to another episode of Behind the Product. My name is Abiola Doherty, and we are interviewing Ollie, the co-founder of A-System, the supplement brand of tomorrow. A-System designs, develops, and sells advanced natural supplements, which help you look, feel, and perform your best. This current assortment spans of pain relief, anti-anxiety, sleep, topical skincare, supplements, and men's health. And they can be found at retailers such as Nordstrom's and Saks Fifth Avenue. So... Hi, Ollie. How are you doing today? And how's your morning been? Hi, Abby. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And, and thanks for asking. Doing very well sitting here in, in sunny LA. And I've actually been watching all of the kickoff to the Queen's Jubilee celebrations back home in England. As you can tell from the accent, it's where I'm originally from. So everybody in England has got a very long weekend and is celebrating. So we're, uh, we're trying to do it remotely. Nice. I love to hear that. So did you recently move to California or how did you end up in California? Good question. It's slightly, um, slightly unusual journey here. We actually spent eight years in Vancouver, Canada, prior to moving to Los Angeles about two, three, well, about three years ago or so now. For a while, I was between, between Vancouver and LA, but now LA is home. I've got three little kids under the age of 10. And and so it was a bit of a logistical move. But yes, London by way of Vancouver, by way of LA and LA is home now. Nice. And in your own words, could you explain a system and how it came about and where you guys are today? Absolutely. So what we say we do is, is we create science forward supplements, which really target the our biggest health needs. So modern lifestyles put all sorts of demands on us, as you know, we all know, and the results are anxiety, the lack of sleep, it's lack of focus, lack of energy, a lack of libido, the inability to recover, all of these these big uh, picture health and wellness issues. And we really try and create the most advanced natural solutions to help all of us with these targeted needs. So yeah, that's that's what we do at a system, and and we put a big focus on science and really try and combine this scientific thoroughness when it comes to ingredients, when it comes to formulations, when it comes to form factors, when it comes to the science and psychology of product design and and packaging design, and we try and combine that in a way which I think comes with us thinking about a, a brand perspective, which not too many products in the supplement space have. There's, there's thousands and thousands of products, but what we say is there's very few brands. And it sort of came from, I think, you know, the sort of moment, aha moment that my partner and Josh and I had. We were standing in a supplement store maybe in 2017, 2018, something along those lines, and thinking about the health and wellness sector and opportunities within it. And we looked at each other and said, this just doesn't make any sense. There's probably 10,000 products in this store. And yet, if you close your eyes, how many brands can you actually name? Two, three, none. And okay, imagine you're standing in Sephora. Imagine you're standing in Nordstrom. How many brands can you name? 200, 300? I mean, and the difference 
was was stark and it just didn't make any sense so we we looked at each other and we said well there's clearly an opportunity here the 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 customer has certain demands there's this modern customer and, and they want certain things from consumer brands in their world and it really doesn't feel like this sector is giving it to them so why don't we uh, why don't we change that yeah that makes a lot of sense because when i think about supplement brands as you mentioned i can barely think of any maybe i can remember the picture of it, but it is very difficult to even know with regulations as well. I've heard a lot of different things about different supplements where if you don't consult a doctor or whatever it is, you have to be very careful about what you put in your body. And it seems like a system has, as you mentioned, you guys are very scientifically backed. And so you guys put a lot of time into research and product development. So that's very helpful on the consumer side when choosing a brand. But do you mind going over some of your first products and what were some of the difficulties or challenges that you faced when bringing the idea to actuality? Right. I mean, where to begin? <laughs> so, so many difficulties and challenges which we've overcome. I mean, I think you, you know, starting back with what you're talking about with the problem is that there is there is a lot of products in the market and there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of misinformation. And, and a big piece of the jigsaw that we were trying to solve was was really simplifying matters and, and cutting through that confusion. If you walk into any supplement store, if you go online to a multi-brand supplement retailer, you're going to be bombarded with ingredients and you're going to be bombarded with different messages and different brands. And, and a lot of the time, uh, it's going to just be overwhelming. And okay, yes, I know magnesium is good for me and I know it probably helps with my sleep, but do I need B12? And what about how much levels of vitamin D and what form factor and does my body need it? And you know, what do some of the technical jargon mean? And, and you know, this was a... Um, this is this has always been the case. And our viewpoint in the system was, okay, we should try and build a brand here that first and foremost has a certain quality to it, which then inculcates a certain level of trust over time. And ultimately, we're in the business of building trust um, because it's something that you're going to put in your body every day and is going to have an impact on your health in the short term, in the midterm, and the long term. But ultimately, let's simplify this and, and start from that viewpoint. So our perspective was that people have problems. They don't have desire for specific ingredients. They want solutions to their problems. And that could be, I'm feeling stressed. It could be, I'm feeling overwhelmed. It could be, I can't sleep. It could be, um, my sex drive has suffered. And all of these needs vary depending upon the macro environment. The last two years has probably seen more impact on our health due to the macro environment of the pandemic and everything associated with the upside down nature of the world. So our, our viewpoint was, okay, let's, let's surround ourselves with real experts who can really help us put in place the methodologies, the scientific rigor, the approaches. And a lot of it is to do with systems, ironically, in terms of what are the systems that you put in place in order to be able to standardize processes so that you can come up with the best possible products within the parameters that exist. And of course, you know, that's easy to say, and it's a little bit harder to do. Um, you know, it starts with some of the philosophies that we have around our product and our product development. So one of our philosophies is that we're, we're focused on natural solutions versus prescription. 
We think that there's actually a bit of a healthcare problem when it comes to prescription medication and that the incentive structures of healthcare in America and, and around the world are often upside down in, in, terms of, um, in terms of prescription medication and in terms of actually being incentivized not to solve problems at the root cause, but to really think of it at the end and, and, and response to what's actually wrong. And our whole approach is more aligned with that of functional medicine, which is, okay, how can you actually be preventative in your, uh, in your thinking? So not only through the supplements that you take, but also in the lifestyle that you lead, in the exercise that you do, the food that you eat, uh, how you look after your mind, your body, your friendships, your relationships, all of that really contributes to being preventative in terms of your health and wellness. And, and we're big believers of that. But supplements are a big piece of the jigsaw because you can't get what you need from food today in society. So even if you're really thinking of it and tracking it, your body's still not going to get what it needs in order to be fully optimized. So we start with ingredients and thinking, okay, every single one of the system product mix has to contain at least one clinical ingredient. And that's an ingredient that is a trademarked ingredient. Uh, usually a, a vendor, a manufacturer has spent millions uh, on clinical trials to be able to say this ingredient does what you want it to do. And then if you use it in the certain dosage, in the certain amount, in a certain quantity, in a certain way. So we start by thinking, okay, we have a problem to solve. Okay, maybe that's anxiety, maybe that's sleep, maybe that's libido, whatever it may be. Okay, what are the long list of clinical ingredients, which is often a short list, who have gone through the process of proving that it does what it says it's going to do? So let's start there. Uh, obviously, these are more expensive ingredients, but that was one of the decisions that we made is that we feel that we need to invest in those ingredients and in the quality in order to really stand out from a sea of sameness and, and you know, vitamin brands, which, uh, you know, essentially you don't notice in terms of the efficacy. So let's first of all invest there. Then let's think around, OK, what are the other aspects of the formulation that are needed to work synergistically with that ingredient. So the mm. vitamins, the minerals, the adaptogens, the nootropics, whatever the terpenes, whatever that may be. And how can we create a formula that we think is really best in class and really differentiated to what's out there, but also something that we are happy to take every day and has the impact that we wanted to do. And then it goes through uh, a very rigorous process of uh, testing ourselves and biomarker testing ourselves, whether it be saliva or blood or other, uh, and to arrive at a final formulation. And then you might have to think about things such as uh, form factor and shape and flavor and color. So our gummies are, you know, we believe we have the most advanced natural gummies on the market. The gummy market is huge, but a, a lot of the gummies, you're probably not going to notice the efficacy around them when you take them on a daily basis, whereas ours, you absolutely will. Um, so then you have to think about flavor and, and taste and color uh, and, uh, and so on. Then we go into consumer trials and then ultimately we go into clinical trials ourselves, which is then a third party um, partner putting our final products through a clinical trial of their own. And I, I, we did that recently for our de-stress gummies and for our sleep gummies. And I, I mean, I, I don't actually know any other gummy brands that that I've that I'm aware of that have done clinical trials on their products. And so um, so that was exciting to see the the results from that. And then, of course, every step of the way is in conjunction with our scientific advisory board and our uh, and, and the R&D teams of our of our manufacturing partners. So trying to systematize that approach from start to end. And you, you ask about challenges, of course, so many challenges, so many challenges, you're understanding, you're cutting through uh, the 
the the ingredient world and the and the supplier world it's it's not like uh it's particularly easy to get your head around there's so many suppliers and people offering up different uh different ver- versions different options okay once you've actually understood who's out there and what they're supplying then thinking around okay what's the right starting point for an ingredient in terms of has the impact that you want has the quality that you want can you, you can get it in time can be of the right price works synergistically with the other ingredients so sourcing and procurement and particularly in the last two years it has and is a continual challenge then of course finding the manufacturing partners that you can rely upon and when you're small and you're starting out and you're thinking about minimums and it's not like you're coming at it with you know particularly big sway uh to be able to come to those partners so there's a certain challenge there and likewise with the packaging componentry and then of course taking it through all the steps um, uh, and really understanding the science of those steps and, and the sort of yes, no gates along the way. Um, I'd say all of that has been a huge learning curve over the past five years now, really, since we started this journey. But, uh, but it's, been, it's been fun, and, and I think we've uh, established the sort of foundation of a really differentiated brand. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? As a consumer, you don't realize how technical this process is. And you guys do a really good job of bringing it down on a level that someone who may not have typically a science background can understand, okay, I have problems dealing with stress or I have a sleep problem. I just want to know the solution. And also teaching people, okay, these are some of the ingredients that are helpful for this and why our supplement works best for whatever problem you're facing. So I really like the whole education aspect of it because again, someone like me who doesn't have a biology background or science background, it's very helpful to be able to go on your guys' site and be able to see everything. But the next question I have is, have you always been entrepreneurial? What has been your journey before a system? Absolutely. Well, I mean, to, to your point a second ago, that's exactly what we try to do is we think of it like layers of the cake. And if somebody just wants to come and, and look at the cake and, and not slice through it and they want they want a problem for sleep, we've got that. And they've maybe seen it on somebody on Instagram or they're a friend of theirs on their shelves or whatever it may be, or they saw it on the shelves of Nordstrom, uh, then they can trust us and that they can trust that reference. If you want to slice all the way through to the middle of the cake and look at what's inside it, all of that's transparently on our website to share. The ingredients, the click through to the clinical studies, our viewpoint is we gather an opinion and we gather all the facts and then we put it out there in a transparent way. And some people may not agree with us and some people may agree with us, but then that's totally fine. But we'll share all the information, we'll share the rationale and to your point, we'll try and educate around why we made those decisions as well. So that regardless of how much of the cake you're interested in, you can you can you can get there. So you know that's that's exactly what we what we aim to do. So thank you for that. Background wise, yes, I, I mean I suppose I've been lucky over the years to have had a number of of entrepreneurial ventures. I started off. I studied industrial economics with with French and Italian. My my father was a serial entrepreneur. My mother was a homeopath, shaman, Reiki master, poet. So I had these two strange influences, you know, growing up. And uh, but entrepreneurialism was always stated as the path, which is the only path, really. And I suppose I had that drilled into me at, a, at an early age. And so, I mean, my first chapter was really cutting my teeth and learning from another great entrepreneur in London. And she was a female South African entrepreneur who at the time had a PR consulting agency really focused on the luxury sector. 
And so my first chapter was, you know, starting working at that, at that agency and really learn understanding the, uh, the dynamics of the agency business, understanding PR communications, events, experiential, digital, all of those things in the 2000s when there was a, you know, a, a great progression forward, particularly on the digital side of the coin. When we sold that business, we sold that to a New York-based agency. And I thought, okay, let's take those learnings and go and apply it to my own agency setup. So I founded, uh, co-founded an agency called, called Wednesday and um, founded it with two Swedish gentlemen. And, and we sort of had uh, an opinion that the, the fashion world hadn't evolved along with the evolutions of the digital economy. So, okay, how can we track the translator between those two sectors? Uh, and how can we really look to partner with fashion brands, particularly, and then expand it to beauty and lifestyle in order to help expedite their, their growth and their awareness in the digital economy? So that was an agency called Wednesday. And we launched it in London and we grew in London and then we launched in New York and grew in New York. And we're super lucky to work with some of the best, most prestigious brands on the planet. So Balenciaga and Gucci and Vuitton and Chanel and Armani and, and big retailers like H&M and J.Crew and Tory Burch. And, and we were a key partner in the creation of a brand called Mr. Porter, which is part of the Netaporte group. And that became a, a destination, the destination for high-end men's multi-brand retail. So very interesting journey. Again, learning a lot along the way and in the period of flux, but we started off doing a lot of website design builds and front-end builds and, and CMS and tech. But then as we grew, it would be create the brand, think about how big brands who've lost relevant in society and culture can become more, more relevant. Okay, what are the strategies behind that? What are the tactics that you're going to do to uh, drive awareness and, and, uh, and conversation? Okay, social content, how does that come to life? Okay, now let's think about the digital experience and how you're maximizing and converting sales in, in that arena. So... That was Wednesday, and and we we ended up selling Wednesday to a larger agency called BBDO, part of the Omnicom Group, and and today Wednesday lives on and does great stuff underneath their group umbrella. And then one of my clients Wednesday was a, a fashion retailer called Aritzia, which was headquartered in Vancouver, and hence hence the the chapter of life in Vancouver. And they, you know, at the time. They approached Wednesday to help launch their e-commerce business. And I got friendly with the founder CEO, who's a remarkable entrepreneur. And throughout that process, got to know the business well. And I was actually invited onto the board of directors, along with a private equity group out of Boston and, and a few others. And thought, okay, this is a remarkable business. And it has a remarkable ability to produce some really incredibly high quality clothing and apparel. Has a fantastic infrastructure of real estate and retail operations that were really best in class and, and a support infrastructure that was really primed for growth. But where they needed some help was on the brand side, the marketing side and the e-commerce side, which was, of course, my areas of expertise. So yes, long story short, they convinced me to to move from London to Vancouver and join the executive team as CMO and and run the e-com P&L and marketing and brand. And, and that became the, the next chapter. And we did that for four years or so. And and went on a real growth journey with Aritzia and ended up culminating in taking the company public on, on Toronto Stock Exchange and successful IPO and a few secondary offerings. And, and, and that, yeah, that I think you know, gave a whole other lens to the entrepreneurial journey. Wednesday was, was you know, zero to one and, and Aritzia was, was, you know, one to 100 or, or however you want to categorize it, but a different scale, different size. Uh, and I, it was the sort of culmination of those experiences that really led to thinking, okay, how can we go, how can I go and apply this 
to creating your own consumer brand and partnered up with Josh, my co-founder, and, and he has had a similarly entrepreneurial background. Most recently, he found co-founded a brand called Frame Denim. His partners in Frame were my partners in Wednesday, and we'd known each other for about six or seven years at this time. And and we'd always wanted to do something together. And, and you know, that I think, like, like I mentioned, standing in that supplement store, looking at all the problems within, you know, that category, but also the size of the market and the macro state of, of how people were shifting to take care of themselves and investing in health and wellness was sort of really became everything arriving at the start point for a system. Yeah, that sounds like a very interesting journey. And I see how your career kind of built up to a system, definitely coming from that entrepreneurial background and just seeing problems and trying to find solutions to it. So I really appreciate that. I want to ask a quick question. What would you say, knowing now, if you could tell yourself when you started a system, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself for anyone starting out, starting a business like yourself? I mean, a great question. I mean, maybe there's two questions there. So, so one is the general piece of advice. And then I suppose there's the specific piece of advice with, with the system. Both great questions. I mean, the general ones may be, may be easier and, 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 you know, I, I suppose the sort of the, you know, the things that I always think about are creativity, perseverance, and adaptability. And creativity isn't just about being creative in as far as being able to come up with creative ideas around product design or around marketing. It's really about creativity on every aspect of the business, whether it be financing, whether it be hiring, HR, as well as, yes, product operations, marketing, what have you. Taking a sort of creative lens to thinking about how you can do things more efficiently, how you can maybe challenge the status quo when needed or work within it when needed. But really taking a creative lens to building business and problem solving is something that is really common across the, you know, the greatest entrepreneurs that that you know I come across. Perseverance of is an obvious one and, and is so multi-layered, but it's just the ability to never say no. Entrepreneurialism is is so tough. Yeah, I've got so much respect for any and all entrepreneurs because it is a, an incredibly tough journey. It is the harder journey. And and yes, there's, there's lots of incredible things that can come with it. But every day it's you know, two steps forward, one step back, or sometimes the opposite opposite way around. And you just have to persevere, even if you're t- taking a step backwards and you know have that belief and have the ability to just take things one step at a time, knowing that ultimately you're going to be moving in the right direction. And then adaptability is is obviously, you know, that comes to the world changes, people change, viewpoints change, business change. And it's that ability to listen and learn and adapt that is absolutely necessary for success. And I mean, I think you know, that's been the case from systems launch. So to your second question, you know, we, we, we soft launched end of 2019, we full launched early 2020. I think it's been very far from what you I imagined at the start because the world has turned upside down however many times in so many different ways since then. So, you know, I, I think there was no real prep preparation for launching a business in such turbulent times. And it's sort of been the reliance upon those three pillars that has, you know, helped us establish what the brand has become today through through each and one of those. So and the piece of advice, I'm not sure it might be, it might be get get ready for things not to be like you expect them to be, which is which is maybe an obvious one. But but yeah, particularly so the last couple of years. 
Definitely. I agree with that last statement a lot. Do not expect for things to go the way you think will be, I guess, be adaptable and learn as you go along. And, you know, that kind of goes back to that mindset of creativity, of not just creative in the sense as we think, oh, you know, the arts, but creative in the way you go about your business. And so I really loved how you touched on both of those points. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I'm going to ask you, where do you draw your inspiration from? Great question. I think inspiration is an interesting one. I think it, it, I think it evolves. Uh, and I think that it's never one particular thing or one particular place. I think probably the most consistent is from connections with people. I'm, I'm very much, I suppose, an extrovert in terms of, you know, that kind of energy and being fueled by conversations with others. And nothing inspires me more than having a coffee, a lunch, a breakfast, a hike, whatever it may be, with an inspiring individual in in some way, shape or form. And um, whether that be an entrepreneur, or whether that be a creative, whether it be a financier, whether it be a spiritual leader, a health and wellness leader, whatever it may be. And, and I think, and not even that with my kids as well. So it doesn't have to be about the accomplishment, but I think it's about the, the sort of energy that comes from a personality is just probably to me the most inspiring aspect. And, uh, and I always find that trying to have inspiration on your own is always really hard. And I feel like even if you're having it with somebody who's not a subject matter expertise in whatever it is you're doing, the ability to sit next to somebody with a sharp brain and, and you know, with a positive outlook helps you problem solve and helps you get to an inspired solution better than any other way you could possibly do it. Nice. I really like that. Yeah. Drawing inspiration from people. I agree with that. Um, the next quick question that we have is what is your favorite book? And I guess, how has it influenced your life? Mm. Oh my goodness. Favorite book. I should have prepared for this answer perhaps a bit better. I mean, that's, that's, isn't that asking like favorite child? I mean, it's the, the answer is the, the one I'm with at the moment. So <laughs> no, I, I think, I mean, I think I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and, and, you know, my wife and I are big readers. She probably reads three, four books to every one book that I do read. But my favorite genre is, 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 you know, what tycoon literature. So I'm always reading about other successful entrepreneurs and, you know, really with the sort of pieces to try and piece together, you know, what are the learnings and the insights that you can take from them and apply to your own life? You know, my business partner, when I was younger, gave me a book on David Geffen, which, you know, at the time was incredibly inspiring, you know, really learning about sort of Geffen's rise and and how he sort of disrupted uh, so many industries, Murdoch as well. And, you know, his, you know, the ability to sort of bet everything on the line. There's a great book called The Man Who Owns the News. And, and you know, that was around, that came out maybe 10 years ago or so, that the, the Operator was the book on David Geffen. You know, more recently, the Ray Dalio Principles book, I think resonated. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, his, a lot of his beliefs and his philosophies in terms of how he approaches and systematizes thinking around, obviously, to, to huge success around, you know, the finance industry was, is something 
something that's inspiring. So yeah, I'm not sure if I have a sort of all favorite, all time go to to that answer, but it's you know I, I I'd say I spend 90% of my time reading reading the tycoon literature genre, and then 10% of my time when I'm trying to get to sleep or I'm on vacation and trying to switch off. Then the best way to do that is to get into a great spy thriller or novel or 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 something along those lines. So. Yeah, I'll definitely need to check out The Operator, you said. It seems very interesting. I also like those tycoon type literature because mm. you always learn something new, especially in the business realm about how how things work and maybe it gives you some new ideas. There's um, one, there's another one I read recently called, I think it's called The Man Who Solved the Markets about Jim Simons, who, who sort of really was the godfather of, of, quant investing and it was one of those he was a professor a mathematics professor and and he just came from academia and is obviously incredibly intelligent and academic in his approach but then shifted that lens to the the world of commerce and and you're very interesting when you sort of see i think a lot of it is when you see the sort of the, the motives behind individuals and their application and yes they want to succeed and they're you know intensely competitive to do that and often it's the the competition and the drive that they want to prove something or prove something right that fuels their success more than the desire to have a financial outcome so it's but it's always interesting when you you read these wild success stories and thinking then about okay how can you try and apply that to whatever situation that you're in and, and what you're wanting to achieve yeah. I actually just read a tweet not too long ago. I think it was yesterday. It was something along the lines of anything that has been done in history, someone has made it happen. And it took a lot of grit and resolve to get that done. And so we kind of just see things as they are now in this generation, but someone has made it happen and it took a lot of effort to make that happen. Absolutely. And that's and that's super inspiring. I couldn't agree more. And and not only not only did it take a lot of effort. But it, but it happened. It was possible, and you can make your own. You make your own uh, reality, and I think you know. So I think that's inspiring on 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 lots of levels. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so I will end the interview on one last question. Where do you guys see a system in five years from now? That's a fantastic question, and I think our viewpoint was. I mean, internally, we talk about building the Nike of supplements. And that's a big vision and five years time, it certainly won't be there. But I think moving towards that vision of really being the most uh, innovative, modern supplement brand on the planet. And so what does that mean? I think it means the ability to come to a system.com in five years time to come up to one of our retail destinations uh, and to feel that you have stepped into the future of health and wellness and to be able to have an array of products which are each and of themselves the most innovative and the best solutions which are simple which are beautiful which you want in your life not just need in your life and to be able to solve the whole range of problems that you might be facing and to create your own personal system from those products so i think you know that's the the vision that we have more broadly speaking. I think if you think about it from a retail environment, and of course you're really at the forefront of retail, imagine walking into 
the, a system store and you it feels like you stepped into maybe an innovation lab for the future and in the middle you have your personalized component which is about a personalized supplement solution around the walls you have your various areas of what you need energy productivity libido hair focus you name it perhaps there's some kind of diagnostic center behind you where you can go and book an appointment and do a workout and look at your vitals and be recommended a personal nutrition and and a solutions program so really just sort of thinking around an experiential nature as to how you can come and get what it is that you need in order to look, feel, perform your best, which is ultimately you know, the brand that we are, that we're, that we're working to build. Thank you. I love that example of the Nike of supplements. I definitely see you guys getting there and putting, you guys are putting a lot of intention into the brand and everything lines up. So I'm very excited for what you guys will accomplish in the next few years. And thank you. Thank you so much, Ali, for joining this podcast. All the listeners, buy a system. You can find it at Nordstrom or Saks Fitz or online on their site. So thank you, Ali. Hope you have a great day. Abby, thank you so much.